Welcome to the Healthy Heart Show, where we're touching the matters of your heart. I am your host, Alicia Lewis Potter. Let's get healthy. It's the Healthy Heart Show, Heart Show, Heart Show. Touching the matters of your heart. Health Alicia. It's the Healthy Heart Show, Heart Show, Heart Show. Touching the matters of your heart, helping you get your new start. It's the healthy heart show. Touching the matters of your heart, helping you get your new start. It's the healthy heart show. Welcome to another healthy edition of the Healthy Heart Show. I am your host, Alicia Lewis Potter. Want to say happy Veterans Day weekend to all of those that served our country with heart and courage and made that sacrifice. You left your families, some of you even left your careers for a time. And we just want to say thank you. And we want to start off this show and really dedicate this whole show to honoring our veterans. Talk about, you know, kind of what um, Veterans Day is, because sometimes people get it mixed up with Memorial Day. But um, Veterans Day, formerly known as Armistice Day, was originally set as a United States legal holiday to honor the end of World War One, which officially took place on November 11th, 1918. And Veterans Day means freedom. It means sacrifice and honor for those who served in the military. And it also means to give thanks to people who did serve. Without Veterans Day, many Americans would forget them and the sacrifices they made. So who are veterans, right? Well, veterans are people who served in the military. And uh, those, are, those branches of military are the United States Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, the Air Force, and the Coast Guard. And um, veterans are, are people in those branches of military who served in times of war or peace. In 2013, there were 38,140 veterans who served through all the World War II, Korean War, and Vietnam War eras. And why do we uh, why do we celebrate Veterans Day in the United States? Well, that's pretty important. There was an act approved in May of 1938, and that made November 11th a legal federal holiday dedicated to the cause of world peace and to be hereafter celebrated and known as Armistice Day. Well, here is Special Forces Officer. Tammy Brooks, talking about why she chose to serve in the military and what people like you and I can do to honor our military veterans. Take a listen. Um, The one main reason that I chose to serve in the United States Army was for college benefits. Um, When I originally joined, I had gone to college for a period of time. I lived in a small town. There wasn't a lot of 
jobs, um, no real career paths, so I joined the military, and in doing that, I've earned my bachelor's degree, currently work on my master's degree. Um, I'm a full-time systems administrator when I'm not activated with the National Guard, and also currently pursuing cyber. So they've definitely helped me accomplish those goals that I had. A lot of times I don't think of myself as a veteran. I think most of the time, I think because I'm still serving, um, and I run into a lot of situations where I'll be in uniform and always be thanked by those before me that actually served, um, had much harder time serving. And uh, so for me, Veterans Day is more thanking them for the path that they led because I think today's military has a lot more benefits and um, we're treated a lot better because of the, the efforts that they put forward to make, make sure that things are better for us. One of the best things I think that we do to honor our uh, veterans is definitely the parades and um, bringing attention to the fact that they've served. Definitely honor those who have fallen. I'm just taking time to be thankful for all that they've given. Uh, that's amazing and very inspirational, isn't it? And I got to make a little correction. That is Sergeant First Class. <laughs> Sergeant First Class. Uh, Tammy Brooks. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Healthy Heart Show. After a season of night falls in pushbacks, after the heartache of wrong turns and sidetracks, just when they think they got you game set match, oh, 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 oh. here comes a comeback. Just cause you lay low, got up slow, unsteady Don't mean you blacked out, or bought out, you're ready Just when they think there's nothing left running on empty Oh, 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 here comes a comeback
spreading like a wildfire in my heart. A Sunday morning, hallelujah, and it's lasting all week long. Can you hear it? Can you feel it? It's the rhythm of a gospel song. Shout from 
show you know two months after harvey coastal texas towns still are desperate for housing nbc news reports that jimmy kendrick owns a 2300 square foot home on a corner lot in fulton texas a small town of about 1500 people along the coast Hurricane Harvey hit his home hard, and now he's confined to his living room and kitchen because the roof is leaking. He still doesn't have electricity in the rest of his house. But Kendrick noted that his situation isn't as bad compared to others in the town. He said that those who can't afford housing at all, their mental anguish is really hard right now. Unlike others struggling to recover in this town north of Corpus Christi, however, Kendrick is the mayor of Fulton. The role of mayor started as a part-time job, but now Kendrick dedicates most of his waking hours to his constituents who are still unable to find housing more than two months after the storm made landfall. That's an ongoing problem for many in this region. After six hours of sustained 131-mile-per-hour winds and gusts that peaked at 151 mile per hour, approximately 80% of the buildings in Arkansas County, in which Fulton sits, were damaged, and 35% of the structures in the county were completely destroyed, according to county officials. More than two months after the hurricane made landfall, families are still living in single motel rooms or in tents next to their destroyed homes. 
For Kendrick, it's the recovery, not the storm, that has taken a toll on his mental health and marriage. Kendrick told NBC News, All I got in my home is a TV that churns out bad news and a chair I watch it in. I walk out of my chair and my wife and I sleep on a mattress on the floor behind it. Multiple mayors and county officials on Texas's southeast coast described untenable housing situations at a Texas House Appropriations Committee hearing on this past Wednesday, emphasizing the needs of small communities far from the national gaze aimed at Houston. Texas State Representative Helen Giddings said she had to hold back tears multiple times during the hearing as individuals described horrendous living conditions in small towns like Fulton, Rockport, Port Arkansas, and Rufijo. She had a particularly difficult time when a local superintendent said her students continued to suffer severe trauma because of their stressful living situations. We have to do whatever we need to do as far as a state, including calling a special session, Giddens said, because we can't let Texas hurt this way when we have the wherewithal to help. About 20 miles south of Fulton, on Mustang Island, more than 75% of the homes in the town of Port Arkansas were destroyed when Hurricane Harvey walloped the community with brutal winds and an 11-foot storm surge. Port Arkansas Mayor Charles Bujan said that the need for housing has become overwhelming and the process is frustrating for most. The town is not financially equipped to deal with this kind of damage, Bujan explained, adding that the Port Arkansas's harbor, public work systems, and emergency services were completely destroyed in the storm. Bijan said, we have a $10 million operating budget. We have $43 million in damage to just our infrastructure. Our science center has more than $100 million in damage. You do the math, and you can see exactly where we are at right now. Though five of Bujan's constituents qualified for FEMA trailers, no one is sure when they are expected to arrive, and many said they are pushed back and forth between FEMA, the Small Business Administration, Texas General Land Office, and the Texas Division of Emergency Management. All of the local lawmakers expressed their belief that those who worked for the federal and state government were doing their best, but also mentioned that the bureaucracy has been difficult to deal with. FEMA said the institution was pursuing long-term 